This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your dearly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, well, as usually, I'm joined by the <laughs> Zany Rody. As usual, I'm here and uh, on Mimo Live this time. Two, two shows in a row. <laughs> yeah. We're joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka, as well. Yeah, my, I, it was my fault that we missed uh, last week. We rarely miss shows. I, I, it's my fault we missed last week. Now, let me ask you a question, Josh. I, and I don't keep up with it as well as I should. I'm a little behind on my podcast. But did you do? Uh, did, did you still do film study last week? No, uh, I did film study on Friday. Okay. So where we would normally go, like Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Monday Wednesday, yeah. I didn't get to film study till Friday. So that show got pushed back as well. So uh, it, and that worked out. Didn't the Ravens good. play on Thursday? Uh, the Ravens played on Wednesday? Thir- thir- no, uh, Monday. Monday. Monday, yes. Monday the Ravens game. played on Monday. Oh, so, it's been a whole week since the Dolphins game? No, that was game was on Saturday. Okay, yeah, they played Monday, Monday, and Monday and then they played Saturday. Wake me up when the real games count. Hey, who but won? Who they, won? But, they, but they don't lose in the preseason, son. Who won more games in August, the Orioles or the Ravens? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's the Orioles, but only by one. Wow. <laughs> the Orioles have five wins in August. The Ravens have four. That is unreal. It's crazy. Yeah, some of the stuff, it's just it's, – it's, it's, and you can come up with different stats. It's unbelievable, all kind of the stats, whether it's Buck Shaw, record, 
how he's now is kind of under 500 with yeah, the that's sad. Um, I the, the, the stat that always blows me away, and it's not a stat, but every time I look at the standings, the fact that, and we, we gained some ground, thankfully, or lost some ground, rather, with the double header, but that the Royals, like, we're epically bad, and <laughs> somehow the Royals are right on our tails with yeah. the worst record in baseball. It's just amazing that they're so bad, too. When I'm like, you know, we don't ever win a game, and they're just as bad. It's gonna make you know what can help. We're we're going to Kansas City this weekend. We just gotta that's we gotta right. get swept. Right. Yeah, that's that's gonna be some fun baseball. <laughs> I saw that. I, I didn't look it up myself to see if it was true, but I saw a news report saying that tickets on StubHub for that for those games this weekend were going for eighty cents. You're gonna see the two worst teams in baseball. It's gotta be some sort of record, right? For at this point in the season, the two worst records. Ever. It to it's got to be. Yeah. It's, it's a huge series for the Orioles, though. If they want Bob, Bobby with Ju- Jr., it's a huge series. Right. What is it? <laughs> Quit, quitting for wit? Quit for wit, yeah. Did you watch any of Sunday Night Baseball with the Orioles on ESPN, national stage? Yeah, I don't know. We can get this a little bit. I mean, the most disappointing part about that is this is our chance to show off our young, rebuilding core, which is one guy – Cedric Mullins, and he didn't even play. Well, he was hurt, like a sore yeah. back or something. Hip. It was a hip. hip, hip. And he's playing tonight. And he's playing tonight. I, yeah. I don't know how do you miss I don't understand how you miss Sunday night baseball, but you can play the next day. It's I don't just know. me. I don't know. Me. I didn't watch any. We went out to the movies last night. We went and saw The Meg. Oh, oh I want to see that. I, oh, you guys. I loved it. It was so much fun. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I love stupid action movies and this was a this was a good action movie with some good jump scenes and some good comedy it was a lot of fun so is your movie pass still active uh no we switched Uh, to a new company called cinemia 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 like cinema with that but it starts with an s and uh it's like i think i pay like 18 dollars a month and that gives me three date nights so three nights of two tickets a week a month a month so three movies okay. a month which is all we were seeing anyway um but you can now like movie pass you had to go and buy them right before the movie and stuff yeah with, yeah, with yeah. this one you can order them on fandango and go whenever so oh, i nice. like it it's cool um so we went we used that to see the meg last night so matt, no interest in the meg matt, matt it's I mean, come on you're from the eastern shore it's it's water <laughs> Unless it's unless it's Meg Ryan, right, Matt? That's right. I know they shouldn't even. They, that's what really turns me off. Is Meg gets me excited because the idea of Meg Ryan, uh, but but it's not about Meg, Meg Ryan at all. Now, if Meg was the story of Meg Ryan's career or something, I'd get behind that. But I'm not getting behind this shark whale type creature. No, I'll pass. It's fun. It's fun. There's this little eight year old Asian girl that just steals the show. So uh. it's very good. I but Meg it. is supposed to be like a dinosaur, right? Yeah, the Megadon or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I just heard on the news this morning, listen to my little BBC, uh, they said all birds are dinosaurs. Yeah. That can't did, be true. Hold on. Wait, did, are you just learning this? Yeah, no, this is like, like a big deal big, now. No, but this that is was like. like news, birds are dinosaurs. No, no, this is what they talked about in Jurassic Park. That birds are dinosaurs? Yeah. That was the whole opening scene That's of the, the original Jurassic scene. Park. With like, I'm not scared of a giant turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of Jurassic Park. What are you talking about? It was on the news today. Like it was freaking like, breaking news. Twenty five years ago. Dinosaurs. 
No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's something about their vertebrae or something. Dinosaurs are more closely related to birds than reptiles. There's many. No, but the thing, but the thing is, if they're not distant cousins, like they're the same thing. Like the birds are dinosaurs. Right. That's the whole point of Jurassic Park. All right, all right we're done with this conversation. That's what they, they say about ten times in Jurassic Park. Imagine if that thing could fly. Yeah. It's <laughs> what are you? You're well, crazy. Yeah, but, but yeah, because like the raptor, right? But but they're called. But in in that sense, they're like. Distant cousins. They're not directly related. No, they're saying that 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 birds came from raptors. Like raptors are like the grandfathers of birds. Right, right, grandfathers. But I mean, right, fine, I, grand, yeah. grandmothers. Whatever you want to say. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm moving on. Bird. I did get uh, this thing. Speaking speaking of of dinosaurs and birds. Oh, where, where where'd you find that guy? Uh, uh, this store I just found. It's called eBay. Okay. For the record, and we went to that game, but we didn't get the dragon. Uh, for the record, they uh, the box did say the name Kevin Gossman. Oh, I know I, they don't say it on television, but the box right. said his name on it. It says it, it says it right on the bottom. Yeah, and on the bottom. And, so they, and back I there, think Doro should have went went away and uh, uh, took the name off and wiped it out. Um, I think they should have too. I think they should have like chopped off all the heads and put like a generic Oriole bird head on it or something. Well, I'm okay. I mean, Kevin Gossman kind of, no offense to Kevin Gossman, but he has somewhat of a generic head anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Well, and for people people who are not watching on Facebook Live right now, you're holding up the Kevin Gossman I think riding people, a dragon bobblehead. We were talking dinosaurs and then a bobblehead. I think they know what we're talking about. I don't know. Uh, you give our listeners too much credit. All right. Well, here's the other thing. Besides Kevin Gossman's name and trying to make it look like Kevin Gossman, they also, I don't know if you can see that, they have his tattoos, a little sticker on his arm that represent his tattoos. That's cool. That's a nice touch. So it's definitely yeah. the nicest bobblehead the Orioles have ever done. And the player is no longer on our team. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well. I still wanted it, though, because it's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even watch Game of Thrones. Get out of here with this. I nonsense. don't. I don't. But it's such a cool bobblehead. I did have thoughts of, like, they could have really cheesed it up and made like the Oriole bird head on the dragon and had a lot of fun with it. It makes me, you know what it does? Little giveaway like this makes me, it gets me excited for next year when like they need to do crap like this to get us in the ballpark. So every, yeah, every week when they're announcing a new campaign or a new gimmick, I'm so, all it does is get me excited for next year when the entire season is gimmicks. Yeah, I mean, there was, we were, I was at that game and there was, uh, what can I say? A, a different type of crowd that that the dragon Kevin Gossman really appealed to that you normally don't see inside the stadium. Well, what are you trying to get to? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for the most part, the people who are watching Game of Thrones are not always the same people that are showing up to baseball games. Uh, oh yeah, and here we, and here you had some people who you would imagine watching Game of Thrones and then on the weekend doing what? What do you call that? Role playing? Larping? The- Larping? You saw, Cosplay. You saw some yeah. larpers. Yeah, it was. I, I think there was some larping actually going on within Camden Yards during the Dragon giveaway. I could be wrong, but I think I saw some of that stuff going on. That was the last game you guys went to as well. It's the last time yes. I went to. Yes. And I think it was my seventh seventh game of the year, seventh or eighth, and it was the first game you guys left early. I stayed till the end. First time ever this year, I stayed till the end of a game. Wow. Um. I want to pat on the back. <laughs> no, here's what. But my point in saying that is, it was That's the bottom. Of, 
the bottom of the eighth inning, I went out to the statue court out there in uh, left center where the, the Iron Throne was sitting. Yes. Uh, where pregame, if you had bought the ticket package, you could sit on the Iron Throne and they take your picture. Yes. It's still out there in the bottom of the eighth, but it has a fence all the way around it. There's nobody there, but there's a guard standing there with the fence around the Iron Throne that you can't touch it, you can't sit on it, you can't get your picture on it, even though there's nobody around. It's like, come on, guy, just let me sit on it, and get my picture on it. Yeah, but and they're like, and I, li- I like how you use the term guard instead of security. Like, it's like <laughs> right, King okay. of Thrones guard. Over He's it. a king, king's guard, kingsman. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but think about if they, if one person gets on there, takes a picture, and tweets that they got to sit on it without paying the sixty bucks or whatever. I mean, they they charge a lot to get your picture on that thing. You had to buy yeah, but, but worst case, there would have been a line of maybe 300 people in the bottom of the eighth inning still sticking around wanting their picture on Right, it. but then you would have had the, the 300 upset people that paid 70 bucks for that photo. I don't know. I, uh, I, would, I would pass on the throne anyway, to be honest. I, I, just, not, I know nothing about the show. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Did you guess that? Uh I, I bought in and recently purchased tickets for a special event at Camden Yards. Did you guys get the email about the Sunday brunch? Yeah, I did. I, you know, I was just – that's what I'm doing here on my phone is I'm trying because I knew there was another gimmick they announced recently. It's the I got Sunday it. I'm brunch. in. You're in? Yeah. It's, I'm in. I bought tickets. It's like a buffet up on the, uh, on the bar, right? Yes. But what got me is bottomless mimosas, bottomless Bloody Berries. And I I knew that even my wife would be in for that, so we're gonna go together just a, Is it for a, a Sunday morning date. They they cut you off before the game starts, though, right? I would think so. All right, but we we can put them back pretty good for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we're in. I think it's September sixteenth. I I don't I the the actual seat is somewhere in left field upper deck. I don't even care. We probably won't even stay for the game, but we'll probably have a good breakfast. I know that much. Or and brunch. And the, are the Ravens off this day, or is that going to be your pregame? Uh, that is – the Ravens do play that – or no, no, the Ravens are off that Sunday. Because the week one, the Ravens play on Sunday and Thursday. Right, right. So what? Uh, this is the 16th? Yeah, it's the Sunday following that Thursday game. Gotcha. So, All right, so cool. The- <laughs> Oh, somebody, somebody in the in the Facebook chat room must be at the game because they're telling us Section three three six just won in the Lucky Row contest at Camden Yards. What? Yeah, I just, and we're and we're not there. We just got a tweet about it. Row nineteen, Section three three six, Row nineteen. <laughs> All my years going to the game in three three six, I've never seen the, the Section three three six be be a winner. Yeah, normally it's like Section seventeen. I feel like. So I, I want to get something straight now because now somebody else has commented on it. Are there people at Camden Yards that watch our show on Facebook Live in their seats? Um, have you <laughs> seen the Oriole game? Well, why would you go to Camden Yards and watch that? I, now, today's <laughs> the type of day where I always used to get irritated when I'd go to the game and there'd be like the people in front of us watching the Caps game on their phone. It's like, now I kind of wish I could go to the Oriole game and watch something else at the same time. <laughs> Anything to get through this stuff. That would use too much data. My uh, administrator of our cell phone plan at work would kill me. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like every time 
I turn on the Orioles game, either David Hesser pitching or Dylan Bundy's pitching. It feels like they, they pitch every other game. And, and who's, who's worse? Huh? Who's worse? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, I, I honestly, I don't understand the Dylan Bundy thing at all. I get why David Hess sucks, because he's David Hess. He's never been good. He was never supposed to be good. Right. But, and he's having a good day, game today, actually. But Dylan Bundy, I don't understand what's going on with that cat. I mean, he is awful. <laughs> well, if right? he'd gone to the Braves, he'd probably be a superstar. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're going to get to that, too. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that, too. I want to I look at some – today on the show, I want to look at um, – I want to revisit these trades to see kind of over a month in now how – or about a month in now for some of the trades, like the Machado trade, mm-hmm. how, how these trades are feeling right now. So I want to get into that. guess we can go there now. Yeah, you can. Fill me in. All right. Well, well Bert, you know, a good intro to that would be that the Orioles did – just uh, ex- what put Josh Rogers on the forty man that he's going to start tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. that'll be fun to see uh, not only a new pitcher but a guy that we got him as part of the. What, did he come with Machado or Britain? Britain. He came part of Britain. Yeah, he's scheduled to pitch tomorrow. Hmm. I thought you were going to mention how we um, signed some of our international money for another mi- minor leaguer. Do you no, see that? I did see that. I li- I like that. I like that we're doing little things. It's no Victor Victor. Give me Victor Victor. Yeah, and okay, we traded all these guys to get all this international bonus bonus slot money. Now we're starting to trade away the international bonus slot money. I don't really understand that. Right, and like we were supposed to get all that money so that we'd have plenty of money for Victor Victor. So don't Uh, don't spend it. I'm sure they're thinking we still have enough money for Victor Victor, and this is going to be extra left over. I know that money doesn't carry over, so you have to spend it. So maybe this is their, oh, we got a little bit too much. They did that. <laughs> Maybe I bet it's going to be a situation where Victor Victor is going to say, "I just want all your international signing money." So you might as well trade a little bit of it away. So when you trade it all the international money away, it's not it's not as much. I don't know. Someone sent us this picture in that I just put put on over Bert's head. Wow! Uh, of Section three thirty six winning three 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 six represent. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So what do you get at the Lucky Roll? If you win the Lucky Row, you get like free tickets for life or I think, something? I think it's like dinner at, at Maryland Live or something. Maryland Live yeah. Casino. Yeah, some kind of dinner voucher. Right. You get the same deal as if you put $20 in slots there. You get the same deal. Cool. <laughs> uh, all right. So the uh, – hey, I just you know I just started a new job too. Just this real quick. I just started a new job uh, at Queen Anne's High School. <laughs> oh, good. Glad you got something to say because we almost got the Orioles talk. <laughs> yeah, hold up on the Orioles talk for a second. They got, you know, and I, I came from Easton High School, and we were the Warriors was our mascot, the Warriors. I I went right, to Liberty that, University where we were the Flames, all right. but, like, our mascot was an eagle because I guess you couldn't do a flame. Because you, you went to a Christian school, so you were required to have an eagle mascot. You had to have the eagle. Eagle, eagle mascots just come with Christian schools. But we were still the Flames. I didn't really ever fully understand that. Well, because – all of those logos uh, Jerry Falwell did not like. All the all the flaming mascots. Yeah, the, he didn't want to. He didn't want to let the eagle on fire. Uh, light the eagle on fire. But but we're the at when go to Queen Anne's High School. We're the we're the lions. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But they but they do a little bit different. I Good. mean, the, you're an we, animal. We were the warriors at Easton, but like you would never really know it. We had like warrior pride bracelets, right? But that was kind of it. 
There right. was not like whatever. I mean, it's not like we had warriors, pictures of warriors in every classroom. With Queen Anne's, they got freaking lions everywhere. No you t- walk no right in the front and bears. door. You got no, just lions. You go right in front door, huge statue of a lion. Every classroom, pictures of a lion. Every hallway, pictures of a lion. Right. Isn't that kind of normal, though, for a high school? Like, I know Broadneck down the road, like, there's Bruins everywhere. Like, everyone wears, like, Bruin shirts with Bruin bears on it and stuff. Yeah, I really don't. I don't get it. I don't get all the lines. I mean, uh, I'm waiting to walk into one classroom and to see a live line. I think that'd be going too far with it, though. But I, that, think, but I, I think that's what the new teacher is supposed to do. Yeah, they have to wrestle a lion to, to prove their worth. This is like the, the Maasai, where you had to take down a lion to prove your manhood. Hold they on. should have us do something like that. Do they have a, a, a mascot costume that's a lion? I don't know. I don't know. Can you wear it? I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. I bet, I, I bet I'd be a pretty good mascot. But I don't understand. With the Eastern Shore, I mean, my clientele in the Eastern Shore, my students, they're a particular type of students over here in the Eastern Shore. And I don't know if lions really embody who they are. I wish they would have mascots uh, for schools that more capture what that school is. Okay, and what would that be for your school? I don't know. Maybe maybe a guy on a tractor. I don't know. Like like maybe (laughs) the tractor could be our mascot. The the shuckers? No, the shuckers, right? The corn huskers. My cousins went to high school in uh, North Hartford, and they said they would have a tra- drive your tractor to school day, and everyone would take their John Deere's and park them in the school parking lot. We, we it had was that a thing. thing. Yeah, we had Do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. people come out. Except that's every day. Tractors, say, My tractor's bigger than your tractor. <laughs> and then our mascots, the Warriors. The Warriors aren't showing up to school on tractors. Get out of here. Whoa. <laughs> But you, I, thought I just you think we the need word. to revisit the whole mascot thing, and it should better mirror the population of the school. That's all I'm saying. By mascot. Okay. Right. Can, can we get the Orioles now, please? Stop sure. stalling here. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the Orioles. All right, go ahead. All right, so let's revisit some of these trades. Let's first talk about the big one, Manny Machado. He was traded, guys. Hey, Bert, Manny Machado was traded. I heard. Yeah, I sang a song about it a couple weeks ago. So, so Manny Machado, when he first got to the Dodgers, he struggled. Uh, if you look at his numbers now, he's batting 266, on base 348, slugging a 469. He has seven home runs in 35 games. But lately, the, the guy's been hitting up. He's got five home runs in his last nine games, which is impressive. Nice. Um, so, and he's, he's been, he, he started off at, at, at short, but then he was moved to third base, and he's playing well defensively, uh, both third and short, so... Um, he's doing pretty well. So the Dodgers, I think, uh, I mean, if you want to look at it from a different vantage point, though, uh, this is kind of looking bad for the Dodgers as far as the standings go, right? Because they traded Manny Machado in an effort to move up. You know, yeah, I like to say we are going from just being um, contenders in the NLS to we're going to be the favorites here as we get one of the best players in baseball. Right. But yeah. fast forward to now. And they're third in the NL West. Right. So they're not even second in the NL West. They're third behind the Rockies and behind the, 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 the Diamondbacks. Right. If they don't make it into the playoffs, that's a humongous uh, failure. Yeah. And, and the trade, I mean, to give up all these young prospects and to not even make the playoffs is, yeah, there, there's, there's no other way to do it. Like, we win that trade, right? 
we we win that trade if the Dodgers don't make the playoffs after making these moves. Right. So, so that's kind of crazy. Um, and and even even in the wild card, like in the wild card right now, they're two and a half games right back no. behind Philadelphia, behind Colorado. So they have to jump two other teams just to get in the wild card, and, or two teams to win the division. Right. They they still they're still in there, but but it's not where they're supposed to be after bringing in Machado, the biggest trade yeah. ship of the of the. Of the Absolutely. Season. So that's going to be something to watch here at the end of the season. See if the right. Dodgers can squeak in. So what did we see if Manny? Here. So what did we get from Manny? Well, Diaz, using out Diaz was the, was the big guy, right? He right. was. So he's he, down at Bowie. Jumped, yeah, he jumped up to be our number one prospect. He's at Bowie, and he's only 21 years old at Bowie, which is a young Bowie player. Right. Uh, the average age at Bowie is 24. He's 21, so a young Bowie player. He has he's struggled. Like there's no way to there's no way to sugarcoat it. He's batting two sixteen, OBP of three ten, slugging of three sixty. He's only had four home runs in thirty two games, right. even though power was not really a strong suit. So he struggled. But none of that really matters because he's our top prospect now. We're it's it's not like we're failing we're we are not expecting him to uh we're not counting on his him to play well now. It's we're counting on him to get ready to play well in a few years in the big leagues. Yeah, and from all the reports that I've read about him is that he's he's making adjustments. He'll be fine. Again, he's 21 years old, so he's a younger player in Double A, and so we we want Diaz to be good in two years. And so right. it's okay that he's struggling now. Next year is going to be a big year for him. I imagine he'll go back to Bowie next year um, and have a full season at Bowie, and then maybe in two years be ready to to play for the Orioles. Right. He might move up to Norfolk partly partly through next season. Yeah, if they want to. It depends because Norfolk's weird, right? Like, I was looking at the Norfolk roster. It's too far away. Yeah. Norfolk is a weird team because I don't think Buck likes to send guys down there because it's further away. They like to keep guys in Bowie where they can on an off day go down and see them or or before a game go see the guys where they can bring them in-house for their up to Baltimore to work with doctors and stuff. So, I think that's part of the reasons you see a lot of guys stay in Bowie until they make the jump. Yeah, um, it's, it's true. Uh, the other guy we got for him is we got Ryland Bannon, um, who when he signed with the Orioles, he moved from – he was playing A ball with the Dodgers. He moved to double A with the Orioles. He's now our 22nd-ranked prospect. Um, and he's batting 162, only two home runs. Um, he also made the transition from third base, so now he's playing second base at Bowie because we got Ryan Mountcastle at third base right. at, at Bowie, so he's playing second base. And so he's he's been really bad, uh, but he's jumped up from single A to double A. Okay. So two prospects so far; they both kind of been crap in the bed. Uh, but then we get to Zach Pop, who has the best name in our farm system, right? Pop. Uh, un- an unranked guy. Well, no, he's actually our twenty-fifth prospect. Okay, he wasn't ranked on the Dodgers. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> but he, come, he comes in at our 25th-ranked prospect. And if you look at it, I mean, we get all these guys in our top 30 just from the Manny Machado deal. We're still just talking about the Manny Machado deal. I mean, we got a lot from the Dodgers, as you look at it. Um, anyway, he's in double-A, and he hasn't allowed an earned run in eight of his ten appearances at Bowie. Um, he, he has a whip of .95, an ERA of 3.05, so Zach Pop has been good out of the bullpen. Okay. He's got some pop. Yeah, he pops the mitt, if you will. Yes, yes. 
And the last guy we got is Brevrick Lavar. Oh, I'm sorry, there's two more guys. Man, we got a ton of guys from the Dodgers. Bre- Brevrick uh, B- Valera, who had a cup of coffee with the Orioles. He's 26 years old. He's a little bit older. He's batting 248 um, at Norfolk. He's got uh, – uh, the, the, the good thing about Valero is he doesn't strike out a lot. He only has 13 strikeouts in 33 games. Uh, he has more walks than strikeouts uh, with the Tides. That's a good sign. But he's your 26-year-old utility backup depth infielder. He's nobody. <laughs> and then the other guy, and here's the guy who had a great appearance, Dean Kramer, 16th-ranked prospect for the Orioles. Um, just, I think it was yesterday, he threw six shout-out innings um, for the Bay Sox. Uh, I think at eight strikeouts. Um, so far this year, he's 4-2, ERA of 2.29, and 43 strikeouts in 39 innings. So Dean Kremer has been one of the best prospects that we've gotten from any of these trades. So that's encouraging. Yeah. There you go. It's more than I knew. Yeah. So there's a, so just from the Zach Britton trade, we got a new number one prospect, a number 22 prospect, a number 25 prospect, and a number 16th prospect on our team. All from the Machado deal. Right. And the Dodgers right now are not going to make the playoffs with Manny Machado. Yeah. And the Orioles aren't winning any games, so it doesn't matter. So it's a win. Yeah. Moving on, uh, Zach Britton, he struggled, right? ERA of 4.85. Until he came uh, to Baltimore. A FIP of 5.46. Yeah, I mean, until he came to Baltimore, he got his first save against Baltimore. You all saw it. We how saw much, it. How much fun was it to see Chris Davis crush that ball off him, though? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think – yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. If you give a home run to Chris Davis, that's embarrassing. So that and congrats on getting first save, but he gave a home run to Chris Davis, so that's embarrassing. And did you see the Orioles get a steal on Zach Britton yesterday? That was fun too. That was fun too. Yeah, the Orioles got stole four bases yesterday. So most yeah, of, this is, yeah, this is a different looking team. Um, yeah, kind of looks the same, but it looks like they have nothing to play for. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but but you have guys like. Uh, VR is the big guy. Yeah, VR. Who, who has speed and yeah. and Cedric Mullins too, right? I know yes. he wasn't playing yesterday, but Cedric Mullins too has speed. Two guys that weren't on our team a month ago. <laughs> um, uh, for Zach Britton, we got Dylan Tate, who becomes a number six prospect. He's been terrible at Bowie. ERA of 6.59 in five starts. Uh, he's actually pitching tonight. Uh, tonight's an interesting game. Uh, you got a lot of these kind of Dylan Tate's pitching, um, and you got some other important prospects pitching tonight. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch what they do tonight. But anyway, uh, the other guy we got was Cody Carroll, who we've seen in Baltimore, um, who just gives up gongs left and right. He has an ERA of seven and has walked nine in nine innings. So Cody Carroll has been bad. Uh, But again, like, this is what you do. You get these prospects. He's a number 17th prospect. And you put him in the majors. And you give him a chance, and they're yeah. going to struggle because for the Yankees, he wouldn't be playing in the majors because he's quite not quite ready there. No, if the game, ready yet. If the game but, mattered to the yeah. Orioles, he wouldn't be here. Oh, absolutely. Right? But he's, he's a guy we want to find out, is this a future bullpen arm? He throws hard. So let's try it. And so far, he's struggled. But hopefully, right. he'll get better. Uh, the other guy you mentioned, we got in the Zach Britton trade, and that's Josh Rogers, uh, whose numbers look fantastic. I mean, his ERA of 2.08. At Norfolk in 30 yeah. innings. There's stuff to get excited starts. about. Yeah, I mean, the only downside is I always look at strikeouts, right? Because you want guys to be striking uh, striking guys out. He only has 18 strikeouts in 30 innings. So other teams are making contact against him. But 
the results have been good. I, I don't think his stuff is great, but so far the results have been good for Josh Rogers. All right. Um, then we got the Scope deal. Oh, poor yeah. Jonathan Scope. Talk about, a, talk about the, a guy who's struggling after leaving Baltimore. At 206, on base at 242, slugging of 333, only two home runs since he's been traded. Oh, Scopey. He's played, and this is interesting. I, I, I can't even envision him as a shortstop, and I have been watching him play, but I, I mean, he's played eight games at shortstop. Right. Um, and then 14 at second base. The other thing, not only offensively is he not getting it done, if you look at the, he has six errors since he's been traded. Six. Um, of five at second base, five errors at second base in 14 games, and then one at shortstop in eight games. Is that, what, ha- is that what happens when you lose your, your soulmate? Yeah, yeah, like maybe this is no longer playing with Manny. I don't know how to function at, in, the, in the field without my buddy, without my security blanket, without right. my, um, what, what do you call those dogs that you take on the plane with you? Oh, uh, Com- uh, com- something uh, about companion. Yeah, I don't know. You're stumping us. We all know what you're talking about. Yeah. Someone in the chat room will, will pick that one up. But but maybe he's also seeing how well Manny's been doing in L.A. And it's making him realize that uh, what's wrong with me. Like, it, it's it's like Manny can do well without me by his side. Why can't I do well without him by my side? Mm. So you think wherever Manny signs next year, Scope will just kind of show up at that at that spring <laughs> training with him? Yeah, I, th- I think the Milwaukee Brewers had something to say about that. Yeah. Um, oh, of course, if he, if, he keep, for one more year. if he keeps thinking, maybe they'll trade him too. Yeah, like there's a legitimate debate going on here. Who's better, Jonathan Scope or Jonathan VR? And trade him we back. got Jonathan VR and two other prospects. And someone are and John the VR is under contract for an extra year compared to Scope. Right. And so far, I mean VR, bad and average on base, steals defensively. VR's been better than Scope so far. Yes. I know it's still early in the trade, but VR's been better. Um so we got VR. He has five stolen bases. He's only walked eight times, which is a little bit annoying. You wish I wish people who are fast walked more, but whatever. Um we also got the pitching prospect, Luis Ortiz, who's been pretty good. He made the jump from double-A to triple-A and has been pitching at Norfolk. ERA of 3.43, 13 strikeouts, 21 innings. He's 22 years old, so he's a young kid. So Luis Ortiz is someone to also uh, to be excited about. I think he could be in the world's near future plans, Luis Ortiz. And then they got Gene Carmona, who is our 14th best pro- pro- prospect. And he, he struggled, but he's at Aberdeen, and he's one of the only guys that got in these trades who's like kind of a wild card. He's 18 years old, so he's, he's only a kid playing at Aberdeen. So we still have to see. You know, talk, we'll talk about Gene Carmona in like three years to see where he is. And then lastly, Kevin Gossman. Right. Mm-hmm. And Brock and O'Day. Basically, yeah, yeah. Send them Brock all O'Day, fine. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Gossman... Since he's gone to, to Atlanta, they, 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 he, he pitches from the stretch all the time now. They, he moves where he stands on the rubber, and he's got an ERA of 1.69. He has, uh, I mean, he's just been, he's been great. He's been great with, with, with Atlanta, helping them as Atlanta kind of takes control of the NL East. 
Right. Um, you guys, before I get to who we got in return for Kevin Gossman and how they've been doing recently, you guys have thoughts on uh, Kevin Gossman kind of lighting up with Atlanta? No, no I don't. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we, we, Thanks, Bert. We talk. No, my, but but I'm glad I mean, this podcast with you. I have no thoughts. No, I, I, my thoughts for him are the same as it is for Scope, which is the same as Machado and Britain. You know, I got no problem how well or how poorly those guys do. They're not on my team anymore. Yeah, I, that's my stance. And my stance is, uh, we we joked in the knowing that Gosman would do better just pitching the National League, but it does make me start to really question: Is Roger McDowell bad? And that, that our pitching staff as a whole has gotten a lot worse after we after Don Chidi uh, and the other guy left, and Roger McDowell came in. Dave Wallace. Yeah. Dave Wallace. And now with Chidi and Wallace down in Atlanta, we send Gosman down there, and Gosman starts to improve again. And simple things like pitch from the stretch, they moved him on the rubber a little bit. And why didn't Roger McDowell do that same stuff? Makes me wonder. All right, well, but a couple of things here, right? That's the National I mean, League, NL East. I know that. But, but, but even just pitching coaches. Yeah. Dom Chico and Dave Wallace worked with Kevin Gossman a couple years ago. And he improved. Like, yeah, but he was not. He was never great. No, he, not, he, right. He, right. He was always still a, a 50% of the year good pitcher. Even, yeah, even last year, um, he, was, he was really good the second half of the year. Right. If you look at his career – his ERA is over a run lower in the second half of the year right. compared to the first half of the year. Which is where we're at now with him in Atlanta. It's the second half of the year. Yes. And so you have kind of this a confluence of events where he's now pitching in the NL East, uh, which is just you have weaker offensive teams in the National League. Everyone knows this. Right. Eight batters. Um, yeah, and, and eight batters, and the batters themselves are not as good as the American League batters. Um, but th- but then on top of that, you have the Orioles, who have has to be the worst defense, maybe in the history of the universe, but certainly one of the worst defenses in baseball. You go to Atlanta, which has one of the best defenses in right. baseball. You get Flaherty back. No, he, he he's, yeah, no, he's not playing much. Uh, he's he's gone. He's DFA. Um, you, you have you have uh, Kevin Gosman who pitches better in the second half of the season. It's the second half of the season, and so all all these events. Um, I don't remember when Do- when Dom Chidi and Dave Voss were here. I don't remember us having a top five pitching rotation all of baseball. I don't, no. and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember us crying when they left. Uh, right. How about this, uh, Alex Cobb? Because to be honest, Josh, I think a lot of his pitching coach stuff is is nonsense and and we just kind of pick and choose what we want to point out but i don't think pitching coaches make all that much of a difference i think they're all qualified they're all fine but there, there's no genius here that's going to change i mean how many pitching coaches did we bring in like personal coaches for roboto jimenez to fix roboto jimenez and none of them could or because they're all idiots no because roboto jimenez is not very good i don't remember or, bringing in specific guys to fix roboto jimenez yeah, i don't know yeah, what you're talking the, about it was Martinez or something. Yeah, we had uh, we had a guy, who we, uh, at least one, might have been multiple, who came just for him. Um, but what about Cobb? Cobb was terrible in the second half, it was first half. The second half of the season, Cobb has been great. Is that because Cobb had some really great pitching, coaching? Was he coached up for the second half of the season? No, it's because 
I guess it's because spring training, that seems like a weird excuse, but I guess Cobb somehow not having spring training affected him or something. But now his shoulder and arm are feeling better. Right. He's throwing his changeup again. All of this does have nothing to do with, with the pitching coach. I mean, I think too much is made of the, of the pitching coach, and 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 there's so many other factors here, like how good Cobb's shoulders feeling, what's his uh, what's his diet and workout like when he's not pitching, is he doing a Josh Beckett and eating fried chicken and drinking beer on his off days, which Dylan Bunny might be doing that, and maybe that's why Dylan Bunny sucks. I don't know, but just to say, oh, it's start, it's it's, it's if we had a better pitching coach, our starting pitching would be good. Is I think an oversimplification. No, I'm just wondering if our if our current pitching arrangement is bad. Our no, current no. pitchers are bad. Well, yes, that that's we know that. The only thing that's really concerning though is is Dylan Bundy's a good pitcher, but he's terrible. If you could bring someone in to fix Dylan Bundy, then I would say I don't care what because no one's going to fix David Hess because David Hess sucks, and no right. one's going to fix Jeffrey Ramirez because Jeffrey Ramirez sucks. But if you can fix Dylan Bundy, then that could be a starter rotation. But I, I don't think it's that simple. I think there's all these other factors flo- that, 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 that are floating around here. You're right. But yeah, he, they, they moved to where he stands on the rubber and he's pitching from the stretch. So it seems simple to say, oh, well, just because they have good pitching coaches uh, and, and we don't, if Kevin, I, I'm telling you right now, if Kevin Gossman scooted over a little bit on the, on the rubber, when he was pitching for the Orioles, uh, um, the first half of the season, his numbers would have been almost the same. I don't, I don't buy this whole. He's a brand new pitcher. You, you want to know who? To you it. know who Kevin Gosman has faced since uh, leaving the Orioles? I don't know who. T- tell me. The New York Mets. Oh, garbage! We beat the Mets. Yeah, we were there. All right, the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, scopes garbage. We talked about that. Right. The yeah. my, uh, my, yeah. Miami Marlins. Uh, Oh, Miami Marlins, they're a minor league franchise. They're a joke. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, again, rebuilding Pittsburgh Pirates. And the Miami Marlins. Oh, my gosh. I don't see Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays on that list. Yeah, Kevin Gossman must be loving it. Uh, That's awesome. That's got to be the best thing that could happen to his career. Yeah, but see, Josh, that context matters because all those teams, none of those teams are good offensive teams. Right. They all suck offensively. Yet no one's going to think about that. Everyone's just going to look at the ERA and say there's something fundamentally wrong with the Orioles and what we do with pitchers because look at what he's doing with the Braves. Right. Where if the Orioles were in the NL East, Kevin Gosman probably would already have a Cy Young if the Orioles played in the NL East. Well, how do you think uh, Jake Arrieta got it a few years ago? Just look <laughs> for Gosman to get it next year. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we got David Hess, who is actually pitching really well tonight. Yeah, well, that's good because he's he's – I wonder why he still gets he still is getting starts, but he's six uh, in, he's six innings in, hasn't given up a run, still getting strikeouts. Good. The uh, good. the the horrible joke of the rebuilding Miami Marlins, who Brian Gumble's criticizing Derek Jeter on television before the season starts, have sixteen more wins than the Baltimore Orioles right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see. I wish that the Orioles were going to Atlanta. I'd love to see Kevin Gosman face the Orioles. He'd probably be awesome. He would be. He would be. Oh, yeah. Who's be gonna, a, who's gonna, who on our team is going to hit Kevin Gosman right now? All right. Um, who we got back for Kevin Gosman? Uh, Brett Cumberland, who's our 28th best prospect. He's at Bowie. He's a catcher, backup catcher. 
about 179. Uh, it looks like a bum to me. And then we also got um, our 15th ranked prospect, Gene Carlos Encarnacion. That guy looks like he could be fun. Yeah, he does. He does. He's got he's got power. He's 20 years old, so he's a young kid. Um, he's playing at Del, Del Marva. He has a big upside. The one thing that concerns me about him, though, if you look at last year in single A, he played in 97 games. 97 games. He struck out 100 times, and he walked 13. Ooh. So far, uh, so far this year. Oh, that's I'm sorry. That's this year with um, with, with the Braves. This year with us at Delmarva, 20 games, 22 strikeouts, one walk. So he's so on the same he, pace. He, yeah, he doesn't have a good idea of the strike zone, and that's I'm surprised when you look at prospects. I would think that's something you can coach. Like to have more patience and a better eye at the plate, but a lot of that time, you know, if you don't have a good recognition of the strike zone, that kind of follows you throughout that, your career, which is interesting. That's one of those things that always amazes me: is how did you even get drafted when you don't know where the strike zone is? Like, yeah, I, I, I guess if you're that good in high school, like you just pitchers swing away. are good enough that you can swing at bad pitches and still do damage. Right, but scouts should be able to say, hey. This guy's hitting the ball hard, but look, he swings at every single pitch. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. And like, but like, which? How do you tell if a player can make the adjustment and start laying off the, of some of those pitches? Right. I don't know. Right. And five years ago, we didn't care that Chris Davis swung at every pitch. Yeah, yeah, because he was hitting enough out. Right. That's that's the same with this deal. Like, we we don't care that he strikes a hundred times if he's going to hit twenty bombs. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so what you're saying is it's too early to judge the prospects, but we got what six, seven prospects in our top twenty, top thirty. Out yeah, of these let's go. Uh, Diaz, Bannon, Pop, Kramer, Tate, Carroll, uh, Ortiz, Carmona. I mean, I think I'm up to like eight or nine. You're up, to, you're up that, to seven. I think that's eight. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean that's one that's, third. Of your top yeah. thirty, that yeah. that's how you rebuild quick, and, yeah. and how you take your farm system from crap to to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's true. It's and and again with all these guys, we're in freaking wait and see mode, um, which is a little bit frustrating. But Thoros went for quantity, and we got a lot of guys, and so hopefully a few of these pan out. Um, because if you look at the team right now, the Orioles. Like, there's not a position that's set. Maybe you could argue that center field is set. Outside of center field, like, it's everything's open. I, I guess, but even I wouldn't even say center field's set because, really, he's, you just have one of your outfield positions set. You can move them wherever you need to. Yeah, that's true. So if a that's guy true. comes up who's a better center fielder, you move Cedric left or right. Um. Yeah. But yeah, what's exciting is you're saying we went quantity, but we went quantity and got all these guys who are better than guys we already had. Yeah, it's true. So it's, including it's, our number one prospect, right? And this off season, we'll get a high draft pick. Whether we're first or second, we're getting a big draft pick. Yeah. So you add that into the system. If they sign a guy like Victor Victor, you add that into the system. I mean, it's it lets you envision a three year rebuild. Yeah, but I mean. It does, but at the same time, I just read for you those stats. 
And a couple pitchers are having good years like Rodgers. But for the most part, all those guys are having bad seasons. And so that is a little bit de- 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 depressing. And if you look at our at our guys in the minors, guys like DJ Stewart, offensive guys, right. having a down. Like DJ Stewart, oh my gosh, there are outfield positions open for you to come and play. But the fact that he struggled so much in Norfolk, we can't. I mean, he's battling two thirty. We can't. You can't call up a guy batting two thirty. Right. But then, uh, but then you got a guy like Austin Hayes who is starting to look good again. Who's going to get the he call is. up? Yes. Uh, so Austin Hayes, I think, is a guy uh, fall off the radar a little bit, but he's going to be an, an intriguing guy to watch. Right. Right. He blames uh, like early season injuries on why he he struggled up to this point. Yeah, he said, he's had he's had like two or three different things going on with his body, right. some injury stuff. Right. And so now he's finally healthy again. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes on a tear, if he gets the call up in September again. Might yep. be interesting to watch. Yeah. So that's all, all right. that that's that's all that's going on with the Orioles. When it is the is the the rosters expand on September first? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's uh, Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah. No. So that's hopefully when we're. Uh, Talking next week, we're talking about a few more guys up with the big league. But again, it's none of these. I mean, Diaz is not getting caught up. Ryan Mountcastle is not getting caught, caught up. Um, no. uh, our best pitching prospect uh, would be Adam Hall, maybe. He's not, not Adam Hall. Um, Hall uh, D, 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 D Hall, but he's not getting caught, caught up. And so the guys that are getting caught up are not our top prospects. Right, but I, I will be interested to see how the Orioles handled September. Do they bring up some of whatever other prospects are on the 40 man and sit guys like Adam Jones and Chris Davis more, or do they put, let these guys let the veterans play? Cause it doesn't matter. I, I, I think it'd be for me, it'd be a whole lot more fun to go to a game and see a lineup of guys that I haven't seen before. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind kind of these older guys like Drew Dosh and, and Corbin Joseph. Yeah. Who've, who put who put in their time um, and see and see and see yeah. get, get. By the way, I was just talking about some, some of these guys. Just a quick update. Right now, uh, tonight, Luis Ortiz, who I just mentioned, who we got back part of the time the scope deal, he is pitching in, in Norfolk tonight, and he's pitching really well. Five and two thirds innings so far, four strikeouts, only one run. And also, I mentioned Dylan Tate, who we got back in the Zach Britton trade. He's pitching to, tonight at Bowie. So these are kind of some They're, fun things. And so very well. similar numbers from him: five innings, one run. Yeah, and so these are some fun things to watch when they, I mean, this is, I honestly now spend more time watching the minor league box, box scores than I do watching the Orioles games. <laughs> oh, and because and it is, that's where the excitement is, is now's the time to get to know those guys. Now's why we got to go to the, see these minor league games. The season, I guess, is ending, what, tomorrow? Couple, I don't uh, know, couple more weeks. I wasn't able to get out there more to some of these. So they're, they're, they're ending real soon, but if you you still have another week or so, go out and see these young guys because that is the future. It's way more exciting to go there than see the Orioles. Yeah, especially if Cedric Mullins is out with a hip injury. Right, and I, I hope that some of these guys do get to the level that we get to have these parties like we did for when Manny Machado came up and for when yeah. Matt Weeders came up where that game was a celebration just because this kid got caught up. Yeah, and it was. I mean, Cedric Mullins was a big deal when he got caught up. Yeah, he, he was our he was our ninth best prospect. I think when when Diaz, depending on how D, D, Diaz plays in the minors, but I think Diaz could be a guy that you get really excited about. Mountcastle's too. These are the only two guys right now I see as potentially party worthy. Is a Diaz or a Mountcastle 
let's throw a party because they're going to be they're going to save the franchise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, maybe we need to kind of t- pencil this in and what what the roster could look like in three years, because yeah. what the reason we got excited for Mullins coming up is because we got to see his numbers going through the minors and we saw him getting better and better. We watched this kid come up and we said, hold on, Adam Jones's career is in Baltimore's ending. This guy's the replacement. Look, he keeps getting better, better, better. He's banging on the door to get in. Yeah. That's what we need these other guys to build that excitement for themselves up. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? At the end of the day, none of it really matters. Diaz doesn't matter. Mountcastle doesn't matter. Mullins does not matter. If you can't somehow figure out a way to develop some starting pitching, what we have not been able to do with right. anyone up until this point, and you got to develop five of them. You just don't need one. You need five pitchers, and we can't develop one. No. No, and the guy who's supposed to lead the way, Bundy, no one really seems to know what's wrong with him. The guy has all the talent in the world. Dylan Bundy, if he can't right. figure it out, I don't know. I mean, can anyone? Jeez. It's it's tough. Hey, uh, Bert, while you were gone Yo. for your uh, six-month sabbatical. On the video, <laughs> Bert looks like he's two miles away from us. Don't worry. Bert's disappearing. Bert's making so going tiny. giant. He's, I'm sinking down in my couch. His, his camera jumps all over the place. But I do, yeah. I do like that he he holds his microphone like he's like it's like an old radio announcer. It looks like an old <laughs> a microphone. Um, Bert, while you were gone – we were playing the the hashtag game where we were trying to name this rebuild. Uh, yeah, caution stuff. wet floor. Exactly. Yeah, that's we, my hashtag. Yeah, we never got we never got further than caution wet floor because we couldn't come up with anything else that we liked. Right. You're the you're the nickname guy. I think you're the guy that can give us a, a hashtag and definition for this this time period we're about to go through. Uh, yeah, except it's gonna be not gonna be like positive like. Uh, you know, rebuilding for the future, uh, hang in there for the next three to five years. It's going to be like, um, get a hobby. We'll see you in a few years. Uh, see, we didn't go that angle. I like the angle of of a uh, rain check. <laughs> rain check. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah. It's just a little to be continued in, yeah. in three years. Because now the Orioles, like their next T-shirt giveaway, is just a shirt that says "This is Birdland." Yeah. And sorry, but what I'm seeing on the field today is not Birdland. No, that's, yeah. it's a wet floor. It's a wet floor. It's a, it's a wet floor. <laughs> so you're right. Uh, Your slogan it, of, of "See you in three years" is might be the way to go. Yeah, I mean it's the Birdland of uh, 1999 through 2011. Uh, so yeah, it, right. It's it's a it's. A mini dark ages. Do you, do you guys think we're, we're we're going through right now what's called a rebuild? Do you think mm-hmm. that the Oriole fan base is sophisticated enough to appreciate to understand that we're going through the rebuild and this is going to be a few really painful years? No. Or do you think they'll be screaming for Peter Angelos and how terrible he is and how he won't spend money even as we go through this rebuild? I, I I think people are foolish to scream for Peter Angelos because the guy doesn't have any meat that much of his own personal life left uh, to to be still be mad at him about it. But who you should be mad at is Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter and the fact that they are it's all points towards they're going to stick around for this or at least 
Bert thinks they're going to stick around. I don't know if they're going to stick around. Um, I think, I it's think people are. I, no one's fired at this point, isn't it? It's it is. It is crazy that no one's been fired when you're when you're this bad. I think it shows a little bit of the warehouse of saying, okay, maybe we weren't giving you the best. Maybe we maybe part of it's on our fault. Um, it also I shows mean, we, that the guys yeah, we, that the guys complete change in how they approach things. Right, right. So that's part of the warehouse uh, admitting that they've been doing things wrong. But I think that people are stupid. And people are going to not understand a three-year rebuild in two ways. They're not going to understand that the Orioles are bad next year. And then another group of people are going to not understand and just say, oh, it's another 14 years of losing and not understand that this is different. But you can't blame people for not wanting to buy season ticket. No, not at all. If you don't want to buy your season tickets, that's you, I don't care. I don't want to buy season tickets next year. I will. But I think we might step back. We might not do the 29-game plan. We might move back to a 13-game plan because we want to support the team. But, yeah, I can't blame anyone who says, I don't feel like I do not want to go to an Oriole game today. If you well, offered me tickets today, I probably would have said no. Yeah, and the way to tempt season tickets is, I mean, it's clear, with playoff tickets, that's what we want. We want right. to go to playoff games. That's yes. why I get season tickets, so I go to freaking playoff games. And if I, and if I know for a fact they're not going to go to playoff games – that the season ticket thing is less, right. and they got so many deals for individual games. Where I take my kids for free, that that is more appealing to me than buying a season ticket when I don't even get to go to the freaking playoffs. Right. I think that what they do is they do. I think they well, like I was saying at the top, they got to expand on these cool gimmick things, and they need to do like a six pack of games where every game you get a bobblehead or something. Because yeah, they, they got to do something. Because you're right, there's no playoff ticket promise. If they even promote that when promoting season tickets, it's laughable. Opening day is fun. I love going to opening day. But you're not going to get your average guy to, to jump on for for opening day when he knows there's no playoff tickets. Yeah. Opening day will still sell out, though. Opening day will always sell out. Yeah. But it's not going to – opening day is not going to cause people to buy season tickets. Unless you do yeah. a mini like four or six game package, something like that with opening day, that will work. You, or if you, they do, if they do like movie pass and you pay ten dollars a month, you can go to as many games as you want. I feel like I was calling <laughs> for that like five years ago. I've been asking for the Orioles to do something creative. They're going to need to do something like that, or else it's I mean, the attendance is going to get embarrassingly worse. Yes, we're going to have one of those games like the White Sox game where no one was in the stadium, but the gates are going to be open. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone will be like, oh, where's the uh, uh, civil unrest downtown? Oh, right. no, everyone's fine. <laughs> right. Dan, Dan Duquette's going to go out and start rioting to, to keep the tenants away, make it look better. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to happen because no one – I mean, and you can talk all the gimmicks you want, but people – I know sometimes I do think that people would rather have a bobblehead than see the Orioles win. Sometimes I think that's true. But, yes. but at the end of the day – at the end of the day, the only way to fill a stadium is, is to win. Um, if you want to sell out every game, make the playoffs, and you freaking can, can sell out and fill every seat and, uh, and make a ton of money. Uh, but the answer is winning. And if you're going to lose, and especially when you're losing on purpose, that's what re- a rebuild is. A rebuild is saying, we're not trying to win now, so yeah. we're okay with losing. And so you expect people to come to the game? No, and I don't want to hear anyone knock Baltimore fans – for not coming to a Yankee game 
when the Yankees have won the best teams of baseball and we have won the worst teams of baseball. Right. Don't knock Oriole fans for not wanting to see the Yankees beat up on us right. in our own stadium and hear from Yankee fans. I was tempted to go to cheer for Zach Britton, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I was too. But I, but I bought the stupid bobblehead on eBay because I didn't feel like paying money to go to an Oriole game. Yeah. You know, I think another thing that's working against the Orioles in the rebuild okay. is, is, is Dan Duquette. And if, like, Burt thinks, if he stays, and I don't know if he's going to stay or not, but I, I, I like Dan Duquette. Duquette. I'm pro Dan Duquette. Me too. But he is really bad, I feel like, at, talking? at articulating a vision. Yes, he right? is. Right? Like, he, he is not a guy that's going to stand up, articulate a clear message, and you get like, okay, I can get behind that clear message. Like, right. Dan Duquette is hard to get behind. He's hard to understand when he speaks. He's not very eloquent or articulate. And so it's he has that working against him, I think, for the whole rebuild and getting the fans behind there, him. There's a reason that in all my buttons, the only Duquette button I have is this one. <laughs> oh, that's not even working today. But just I have his laughter button. And that, and that's it because what, what words do I have from him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Buck Showalter, I don't know. I mean, I can't. I, at this point, I have a hard time getting behind yeah. Buck Showalter's voice either. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's just he is. He so likes his guys. As the Orioles just went up four nothing on the Blue Jays, he so likes his guys that he doesn't. He can't project the future because he's all now and in the moment. Yeah, um, and maybe it may be a change of role. Will 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 address that, but I, I don't know. It's it's again. It's it's hard to it's it's hard to imagine that everyone's keeping their jobs. And I would imagine coming the off season, I would imagine that not everyone's going to have a job, right? Yeah, I would hope not. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think John Angelos, uh, Peter Angelos, for however much influence he still has on the team. Um, I, I, uh, Lou Angeles, I, I, I think they're justified to fire everyone. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, definitely. Yes. And, and so anyone that they choose to keep, they're doing this guy a favor almost, right? They're, they're saying like, you deserve to be fired, but for whatever reason, we'll keep you. And at this point, to be honest, I mean, let's face it, Oral's not going to win the next three years. Right. So if you want to keep Buck Showalter on for another year because you think he's good with young players or something, I don't really see him as a young player kind of guy. But if you think Buck Showalter is good with those young players, then you can keep him on because it doesn't matter who your manager is next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, if it's, it matters who your general manager is, though. Right. But shoot. it's definitely weird that there's been no one fired in, in, when we're going in the record books. Not, not a, a pitching coach, a, a bench coach, someone. Yeah. Fire Wayne Kirby and say this is all his fault and we can move on and we can feel better about ourselves. Right. <laughs> I don't really want to fire Wayne Kirby. I like him. Yeah, I I don't know. But you're right. If your pitching's horrible, your bullpen in August is the worst last Get place. the worst defense in baseball. Worst defense. Everything's terrible. You, at least, if you don't want to fire Buck because you don't want to pay for another manager or something, at least you would think you, you fire Roger McDowell or you fire... Scott Kubal or someone. I was, I was saying Scott Kubal after the whole Chris Davis debacle right. and all those comments. Yeah, it's crazy. 
but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, certainly we got a, we got another. We'll see. We got another. Raven season starts in two weeks. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, we need to talk more Ravens on this show too. We will. Uh, I think we'll. By next week, we'll be down to the fifty-three man. We'll be looking forward. We'll be done with preseason football. It's crazy that the Ravens have have to play five preseason football games. One preseason football game sucks for me to watch. Two is pretty bad for me to watch. To try to watch game number four on Saturday night when when the Stars didn't even play, I watched Lamar a little bit. I don't want to see any more of RG3. I've seen that. And Josh Josh uh, Wood, Woodrum, Woodward, what's his name? I don't need to see that don't guy. Don't hate on my Liberty guy, Josh. Don't, don't ask me. Yeah. And, and so that's game four. And then this week we got to play game five. I, I suggested on film study. I said, can't they just have a contest where like whatever fan of the day gets to go out and be the wide receivers? I don't understand playing five preseason games. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I understand? And this is, and I, I get the, I get the argument that you don't want to have players injured. Right. I fully understand that. And football is a violent sport where guys are injured all the time. But on the other hand. What's going to happen, and I'm telling you this happens every time, week one, there's going to be some miscommunications, and, 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 and Joe Flacco is going to miss, uh, miss a read, or uh, right. he's going to run a wrong route, or they're not going to get the play call. In time. Like, there's going to be all these kind of mistakes because it's the first game of the season. Yeah. And, 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 and like, they're not going to all be on the same page because it's the first game of the season. Right. But my argument is you had five preseason games – why don't you work out more of these kids no. in the preseason training? I have the games. same thought. There's five preseason games, and Joe Flacco has played one quarter. That's what I'm saying. And he's gonna, and everyone's gonna give all these excuses in week one that it's just the first game, so he's getting all the rust off and all this stuff. Well, wh- why don't you play him the entire week in, in week three? Right. I don't know. And I, I understand you don't because of the injuries, but still, if you want to be at top notch come week one, play him more in the in the preseason. Right. I don't know. You like all the controversy over the helmet rule this year? And yes, helmet, helmet. that's, a, that's it really, really fun. Doesn't it really make you want to get behind what I was pushing for during the offseason of saying the way you fix football is no helmets, no pads? That's what I want the XFL to do is no helmets, no pads. I'm telling you, the helmet rule is going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, It's going to make it unwatchable. I can't wait to start going to Costco every Sunday afternoon. The only thing that's going to be unwatchable is all the talking heads after it yeah. debating whether that was a legal illegal hit from either side. And, and the, I'm, I'm already tired of it. It hasn't even started yet. Right. The instant replay or you turn on uh, uh, the Red Zone channel and Red Zone channel is all going to be replays of helmet. Is this helmet to helmet? And, yeah. and, is that a reviewable thing? No. Uh, no. It's, it's a call on the field and then they can choose after the game whether or not to fine you or something like that. Or they can say after the game, oh, no, it was a legal hit. And it can be on the offense or the defense. So it's going to be, it's going to, which you know how it goes. It is always both players. 90% of the time, both players' helmets run into each other. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. It's weird. Um, let's, uh, as we kind of get near the end of the show here, let's run through some of these comments in the chat room. All right. Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They really don't. I don't know if they show up in order on my phone or not, but. Um, I thought Jonathan you were going to say, hey, I don't know if any two, of these are any good. Um, Hayes now two for four tonight with a double and two run homer for, for Bowie. Yeah, he'll be out um, next Austin week. Hayes, that man is, when, and Austin Hayes, when Austin Hayes gets, gets hot, as we saw last year, his hotness is a whole level of hotness 
that, that we don't even know, that, that you can't even, even, you can't even wrap your head around. His he's so man. hot right now. <laughs> so watch Austin Hayes because he's so hot right now. Um, have another good night tonight. Not, not Nigel, uh, he chimes in here. Uh, speaking of managers, who could you see being the next manager of the Orioles? Buck it's really hard to say. Yeah. Dave Trembley. I mean, Alan Mills? Uh, Alan Mills is who I want to be the next pitching coach. I know, I know. We were pushing for him. Um, um, I mean, everyone always throws out the name Joe Girardi. Cause, yeah, yeah, I like these. The name that I heard out there that I thought was interesting was Billy Ripken. Mm. I, I think it's interesting to bring in a guy who has done a lot of little league coaching and worked with young kids. It sounds silly because, like, yeah, Bert's a little league coach. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I could do it. A guy who's, who's taught developmental leagues. Um, I mean, I would be okay as long as he was a two-year contract and he was definitely getting fired after the second year. So then when he actually <laughs> wanted to win, he'd right, have right. a manager. No, he'd have to be a two-year – definitely like a two-year contract <laughs> as you like – or even a, a one-year contract just to see. All right, we'll give you a chance since it, nothing matters. I like the but idea – I would don't want to bring in a name. I want a guy – if you're bringing in a new guy, I don't want a veteran. I want a new guy. I want a new A veteran coach. manager, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to bring in a veteran player like David Ortiz, I'm all for that. Oh, my gosh. I would like to see them if they, with, for a manager route. I would like to – I mean, I know the Phillies went with Gabe Kapler, who is like all sabermetrics. And right. then you got a guy like Tampa Bay, Kevin Cash, who – Again, we're on the sabermetrics and doing some creative things. I want to fundamentals. I, yeah, I hate on sabermetrics all the time, but I would like to see someone come and being willing to do some of the creative stuff um, that you need to compete in yeah. the AL East. That's why I want a young guy. That's why I don't want one of these, these veterans who has been coaching baseball the same exact way for 50 years. That's exactly what I want. I want a young guy with some new looks who can add some excitement. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, Ryan comments on here. Hashtag technical di- di- difficulties. And I'm not sure if he's talking about the name for the rebuilding or, or, or our podcast and Bert's video feed. I don't know. what. Yeah, I'm seriously. Difficulties. Hey, you know what? I warned you guys before that I've been having some trouble with this software. Thankfully, Bert's the only one that's acting up. And I'm yep, my, my thing keeps I have to keep hitting refresh and uh, my screen keeps changing sizes. I know. I'm wondering if you and Ken like have the same internet or something because I had that same issue with film study. But Matt and I seem pretty stable. Well at least we got a three man show with this, so if I drop out it it's not oh, yeah. a huge loss. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't think the the most the podcast listeners can notice. Yeah. So of course as I say that I, I thought Matt dropped out, he's just he's just falling asleep. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the next text message gonna I'm looking at the next uh, comment I'm gonna read from our chat room. Though the hashtag technical difficulties, which I think is a hashtag for the rebuild. Oh yeah, that would make I, a whole lot more sense than for our show. It's for the rebuild. Yeah, yeah, for the rebuild. But for me, that almost like doesn't capture all the problems. This is more no. than technical difficulties. This is like uh, I don't Te- know. Technical difficulties was last season. Yeah, where you had all these good guys and they, it, this, they failed. We need a new console. Like the the computer is, no longer works. No, no. This is this is like this is like when the yeah this is like fall season coming in three years or movie previews. The Bert's, Bert's heading down the right path. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple of longer comments, and if whenever I click to see more, the big uh, 
emojis pop up and cover the comment. And so I can't, I can't ever read all the comments, but whatever. You know how when like uh, Ellicott City oh, I flooded? I just actually did a cry face for, and I just comment. You know I'm what? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to do the cry face for that. Uh, you're weird. Go ahead. No, you, this is more like when Ellicott City flooded and all the restaurants like were in horrible shape, but they all went on the news and said, we will rebuild. We will be back. That's what, that's what yeah. this Oreo season is. Yeah. The, we yeah. Gotta, and they had a lot of gotta, caution what floors are. Exactly. We got to get this water out of the way and we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, Kate chimes in. I think he's injured. I assume she's talking about Dylan Bundy here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's injured and hiding it or they just keep putting him out there and don't care. Uh, and that's what I'm thinking too. Like Dylan Bundy either, um, uh, he's got some personal issues go, go, that, 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 that are going on or he's injured or he like is doing the Josh Beckett eating fried chicken and drinking beer on all his off days and playing golf on all his off days. But something's going on with Dylan Bundy that, you shouldn't be have that much talent and be this bad. It doesn't make sense. Yep. And those are the chat. Those are the comments that I'm going to read. You know, we like all the chats <laughs> and we like getting all the feedback during the live show. So we kept talking about doing a a listener feedback episode. And I, oh, yeah. I think with Labor Day coming up, that's a great time for us to do it because it'll be before the Raven season. And so I want to, instead of just... After the Oracle season. Yeah, yeah. The Oracle season's done now. <laughs> Raven season has come. Let's make, let's put our Labor Day episode together as a listener feedback episode. So we want you listeners to send in your questions. Either email us, section336podcast uh, at gmail.com, or send them to us on Twitter or on, on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Messenger, whatever. Just send them to us any way you can get them to us. We'll compile a whole bunch of questions and we'll do a listener show. Yes, I think it's a good idea. The further away from baseball you can get yeah. with your questions, the better for me. Yeah. Yes, no. yes, please. Yeah, no, no <laughs> questions about Dylan Bundy allowed. Unless it's about, like, where would you go with Dylan Bundy if you had him for the weekend? Right. I'll take that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, what type, uh, of, or, what type of date? What did you do with the dead body you found on your children's playground in your yard? It's questions like that. Yeah, um, Bert, you've seen some funky stuff in your yard. I want to. I want to get to some of that. Too. I'm going to write in. I. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm allowed to do this. I'm going to write in my own questions. Sure. I'm going to send them to section36.com. I'll use the message feature, but I want to ask Bert about some creatures he's found in his yard. Right. Yeah, I would love to talk about that on this show. Or the remains of the creatures he's found in his yard. Many dead things. Yeah. So getting your questions, we'll compile them all for next week. Yeah. That'll send be a, your questions in. For a next fun, week. different episode. Yeah. Any questions? No questions are off limits. Right. Say that email address one more time in case uh, people are comfortable with email. Yeah. All right. If you don't have Twitter, don't have Facebook, and you need to email in your questions, then uh, I'll also teach you how to use the podcast app. And you can send it to section336podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Are you criticizing email users, Josh? No, I'm just saying it Email seems a little a adequated. A modern way to communicate, Josh. I know. I use it all the time for work. Yeah, I would. I, I prefer email. I would love it if we had. You know, we text a lot about the Orioles and we message. We should do all our communication over email. Dylan Bundy looks good tonight. <laughs> Did you see that I catch Cedric Mullins made? Fashion way, Josh. If they want to mail you questions, like handwrite questions and mail them to you, what is your address? <laughs> yeah. Uh, message me and I'll send you my address. <laughs> yes. I want some handwritten if you, to if, people. If you want to send in a postcard with a question, 
That would be uh, lovely as well. <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually. Somebody needs to do that. <laughs> I believe our web. I believe our address is up on section three thirty six dot com. There you go. You know what? Maybe I'll even put a little tab on there for uh, contact us, where you can send in your questions. That's probably easier than email. I'll get that up there today. Yeah, um, the contact button. Right. So visit. Let's make it easy. For, yeah. Our listeners aren't very bright. Let's make it easy. Yeah, no, we want to make it easy. So go to section 336.com and click on the little contact us and, <laughs> and send us a note. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we don't right, know this what. Is, this is a good wrap up to the show. Yeah. So hey, that's uh, next week, listener. Yeah. listener man. And while you're visiting section 336.com, also check out birdlandsports.com, which is the new thing we're working on. And by we, I mean me. Is putting together <laughs> uh, to help out others, other podcasts and bloggers. We've talked about it before, how we've helped out podcasts, and we want to continue to do that. So Birdland Sports is now a site where you can go and you can find Section 336. You can find Birdland BS. Uh, you can find a couple Ravens shows like Film Study with Ken McCusick, uh, a new podcast that just launched called Dade's View where he talks about the Ravens, and we have a new podcast by Chibs from Russell Street Report that's launching soon called Neutral Zone Infraction, which is about got a the Ravens as well. Everyone's got a podcast, uh, but it'll be it's some good Baltimore sports, Orioles, and Ravens coverage that you can listen to after you listen to, listen to Section 336 for the week. Of course, hey, you come first. Can, can Bert do his podcast on Disney World and put it on Birdland Sports? Yes. Yeah, we'll let Bert okay. do whatever he wants. Bert, yes, man, I want finally. you to do a solo podcast. Bert, I feel like we hold you down. You can find my... in your way. Can you do your own podcast, please? Yeah, Bert? I'm constantly having to bite my tongue. <laughs> you can find my uh, my Ghost Runner solo podcast that I did one episode so far. Mandy and I it did it. A solid episode. We're gonna do an, we're gonna do more, so it's up there on Birdland Sports as well. You also got a great logo of Baltimore City. <laughs> yeah, it was fun pre-show to explain to Matt that that is a map of Baltimore in the logo and not just part of part of Maryland cut out. I think it's outrageous that you don't represent Baltimore County for Burt or my Eastern Shore in, in your yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no whatever. there's no teams out there. I'm sorry. And he Josh doesn't uh have Anne Arundel County on there either for himself, so I, I do oh, not. Yeah, not. And we at least have the Bayhawks. None of us live in the city. Like we're we're all frauds. <laughs> <laughs> There's no saying that you have to live in the city to root for the team, okay? <laughs> right. Hey, that's true. Or there really wouldn't be anybody there. True. Right. All right, let's get out of here. This is yeah, way, I'm tired. This is way too long of a show for there being no Orioles. I know Seriously, we, I know we didn't do a podcast last week, but still, come on. <laughs> All right, I wanted to get into my schedule tomorrow, and but whatever, right. we we can save that you, for you, you want you want show. my Madden review? I can tell you, I got the new Madden. What do you think about it? I, I, I think Lamar Jackson's a lot of fun to play with. And he's ranked the 77 and Flacco's ranked the 79, so why would I ever play with Flacco? All right. Sounds about right. That's good. Good, good review. I, got, yeah. I just got the low battery icon on my laptop. Uh, this is going to make – Peter's going to die any second now. I, gone so I close out the show. All right. You can follow – thanks for listening, boys and girls. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. I might tweet one day. I haven't tweeted in a long time. You can – me no tweet long time, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at section three three six. You can follow Bert on Twitter. Me tweet sometime <laughs> at Bert Rody, <laughs> and you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Or don't forget, you can send our e- us emails to section three three six podcast at gmail.com. 
Yes. This is why the show went so long because you had to read that email address so many times. I keep struggling. I keep wanting to say the wrong email address. <laughs> or you can you can follow the show at Section Fifty Six Show on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram or exactly. on Twitter. It's show. Uh, you can also uh, direct message on Instagram your questions for next week's show or next week's fan. Yeah, show. yeah. Or Snapchat. Snapchat back yeah. your questions. Yeah, you can Snapchat me your questions. I, I'm on Snapchat Section Fifty Six. Alright boys and girls, thanks for listening. And as always, go O's. Hashtag wet floor. Caution. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Well, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.